Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 53. I'm recording it on Thursday, September 17th at 4.02 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, I guess I'm, I'm still gearing up to do the new series, um, God, Science, and COVID-19 that will delve much more into morality because you know after again 51 52 episodes of doing this i i realized that this is not a technical technological you know preventing pandemics getting over this one uh, it's not a technological challenge really it's not um I mean, it is a political challenge in a sense, but more, most fundamentally, it's a moral challenge. Um, so, and I'm addressing, I mean, like, I'm addressing both populations. 80 to 90% of us here in the United States believe in God or higher power. And to those of us who believe this, it kind of makes sense that if we are abusing, if we're paying people to abuse 70 billion animals, chickens, pigs, cows, sheep, um, a year, and that terribly abused them. You wouldn't believe what happens in, in these factory farms. If we're, if we're doing this, if we're complicit in this, um, chances are, from a religious perspective, this COVID-19 pandemic, this crisis we're in, is punishment for that. And again, like, like, like punishment, when, when parents punish their kids, it's not as if it's intended specifically or primarily to hurt us. It's basically intended to show us, you know, that there is a better way. It's intended to benefit us once we learn its lesson. So, you know, from, so we're going to be talking about God and, um, and right and wrong and reward and punishment, you know, on this new series. But we are also going to talk about the science. You know, this is for like the 10% of people who are atheists, agnostics. Um, you know, you don't have to believe in God or, or right and wrong to, to get this right. You know, basically, you just have to understand that, um, you know, well, I'll, let me share that screen if I, if I can find it. Let's see. It's, yeah, all right. I'm going to share the screen again. I'm going to talk through it for the audio podcast. But look at this. This is this explains it all. Okay, number of epidemics by millennium, century, decade, and year. So the first millennium, we had eight epidemics the entire thousand years. Okay, now the first decade of the 2000s, we have 42. Okay, so what 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 took you know a thousand years to happen? Um, five times that has happened in a decade. So I think that that's all you pretty much need to know about, you know, how, how these epidemics, pandemics are becoming more frequent. Why? I mean, if, if you respect science, I mean, like, this isn't even science, it's common sense. And basically, um, we have many, many more people on the planet, 7.5 billion, and airline travel. You know, there's 4 billion passenger flights, each with, you know, some of these flights have over 100 people in them, you know, per flight, uh, per year, going to every continent, to every country. So, you know, what happened, this, this coronavirus happened in Wuhan, China. It could have happened in, 
in any country, any continent. So, um, so yeah, from a scientific standpoint, you don't have to believe in, in the morality to get this. If we're going to be free of future pandemics, we, there's, there's, no, there's no maybe about this. It's not like, well, you know, maybe this might, be, this might work. Um, there is no other alternative. You know, my, this whole series has been about that. You know, the, the last, you know, over 50 episodes. I mean, we could potentially eventually, and this, you know, my next series, hopefully we'll get into this in more detail because I think it is an important option. Uh, we could eventually develop universal vaccines. The problem, you know, with the vaccines we have now is that we have to wait for an outbreak or an epidemic to happen before we start working on a vaccine. And it takes, you know, again, the fastest a vaccine had been brought to market before now was four years um, in response to the 1957 pandemic. This one, we're going to try to fast track and get it out within a year, year and a half. But, you know, had we, for example, been victim of a, a virus that is 40 times more lethal, like some, some of them are, or is much more contagious, you know, this, we can't, we can't rely on containment strategies. You know, you know, like the masks are great, distancing is great, testing, you know, contact tracing. Yes, we need to do that while we are immersed in a pandemic. But who wants to go through this again? I don't think businesses want to. I don't think politicians want to. I don't think anybody wants to, you know? I mean, not that it hasn't, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's some positives that, you know, people are connecting with Zoom. It's not completely negative. And I think we are going to create a better world as a result of this. But notwithstanding, you know, we, we really don't want to take the risk of, let's say, you know, having a much, much more lethal virus afflict us and, and, and really destroy our economy, you know, completely destroy it because these viruses are capable of doing that. So we can't rely on containment strategies. And that's why I say because, you know, these universal vaccines that would work on, let's say, viruses that haven't even developed yet, you know, until they're available. And if you, you know, that should tell you everything. In other words, like, if we're trying to develop a vaccine against a virus that hasn't emerged yet, maybe you can appreciate the difficulty, the biological, the chemical difficulty in achieving that kind of universal vaccine. And that's why, you know, experts predict that it may take 10, 20, 30 years, maybe longer for us to reach that. And then, you know, if you want to like go back to the religious component let's say let's say that was feasible let's say that was possible theoretically um we also have to contend with god perhaps not allowing us that out you know that that's too easy a fix because that would allow us to continue abusing and torturing 70 billion land animals each year you know and um no no you know like slavery had to end because like people woke up to how horrible that was, and you know we had to fight a civil war about it. You know, um, I think it was like it was a virtuous. It was you know, it was fighting for the right, um, but it had to end. And now, fortunately, with, with this ending of factory farming, you know, we're not going to have to 
fight a war over this. It's not like the people who own the farms are going to like come up in arms and just like, no, you, you can't, you know, you can't shut us down. I mean, so, um, so, but there is, you know, there is no other way of preventing future pandemics. Don't, you know, if you don't trust my, um, my judgment on this, just listen, just Google um, um, a phrase like, not a matter of when, of if, but when, because that's what the epidemiologists and the infectious disease experts say. You know, it's not a matter of if we're going to have another pandemic that might be 10, 40, 50 times worse than this. It's a matter of when, you know. And again, we're playing Russian roulette with our future, with our um, children's future, and that is a losing strategy. So, you know, um, so we, we've gone through this and, and you know, again, I've, 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 I've presented this over and over and over and over, I, hopefully for good effect. Hopefully it has reached some of you. But, you know, I think um, the underlying matter to this is morality. You know, we have to explain to ourselves, we have to understand how it is in the first place that we could be so cruel to those animals. You know, how, how could it be that we institutionalize this cruelty and defend it with laws? Like there are laws that actually prohibit a person from going into one of these factory farms and filming it or taking camera photos of it. There are laws that, that prevent that. So this, this system is really evil. I'm sorry, there, there is no other way to describe it. How do we buy into it? How, how have we bought into it for so long? We've got to explore that. Um, we've got to explore the morality of, you know, we're not even halfway through this pandemic. We've already spent here in the United States close to $3 trillion. And we're going to spend, you know, the C, uh, Congressional Budget Office predicts we'll spend about $8 trillion when all is said and done. Um, and you would think, you would think that the politicians and the media would be exploring, well, all right, we don't want this to happen again. What do we need to do? And, and they're not doing it. And, and, you know, so like, we'll be exploring that. I can't understand it. You know, these are, these are not completely horrible people. They're, they're politicians to a certain extent, but yes, sometimes they value their reelection more than they value our welfare. I mean, like Trump is a perfect example of that. But, um, but there, you know, there should be enough honest, good, trustworthy politicians out there that get this, that aren't complete idiots. Because like, you know, I mean, again, you two and two is four, you know, we're, we're not going to be safe from future pandemics unless we do this, or we're, we're just, you know, taking a huge risk. So we'll explore the, the morality of that. We'll explore, you know, the morality of, of our complicity in silence. I mean, like the uh, slavery ended when, when, a, when a small group of Quakers in Pennsylvania decided that, hey, this is like, this is just not right. This is like so horrible. And they organized the abolition movement and it was a small group. And then the Church of English, Church of England group joined them. And before, you know, they knew it, their movement, excuse me, had spread to, um, to the entire United States. And, you know, 
and it works. So the question we want to explore is like, why are we silent? Why are we silent about this as people, you know, who we, 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 we like to believe we're good people and we're good in a lot of ways. <clears throat> so why this blind spot? Why, how do we not see this? We're also going to expand, you know, in this new series to beyond our cruelty toward these animals. Because like, you know, back to the theological perspective, <laughs> we can only ever guess why things happen, why we get rewarded for some things, punished for others. For example, I, I've suggested that it makes sense. It has a kind of poetic justice that, you know, if we're abusing these animals, our punishment would be a virus that's transmitted from animals. Because all these viruses, pandemics, you know, it's either monkeys or pigs or chickens or cows, you know, they, rodents, they, they pretty much all are, and, and most of them are from domesticated animals, because that's the problem. Before we domesticated animals, humanity did not have this problem. But my, my point here is that, um, we're only guessing that this coronavirus is the result of that. It could be the result of, in my mind, four other major, major sins. Um, we abort, we terminate the lives of, of, of about as many people each year as die of every other cause combined. There's about 50 to 60 million abortions each year. I'm guessing God is not all that pleased with that. We have ignored climate change for decades, you know, meaning that we have ignored our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We're bestowing upon them a living hell, okay? And, and you know, God is definitely not pleased with that. Um, look at Africa. Africa still has not recovered from colonialism, from slavery. You know, we basically decimated that, that continent and and still they're you know they're in extreme poverty and we for decades have had the resources to end that poverty but we haven't so in my mind these were like the four great sins the four horsemen of, of this apocalypse you know i don't know if that's a an accurate um, um representation but you know and and you know there's probably other other um other wrongs that um that might explain this but but those you know i mean i think those are more than enough so and uh you know because in the past you know back in 2003 i did a television series called the happiness show it was about happiness because everything is about happiness you know everything we do is about happiness happiness is really what we want what we want for ourselves for our loved ones for everyone. We should want it for these animals too. Um, and I was thinking that, well, you know, like to the extent we make the world happier, um, maybe people will be better people, more moral, kinder, you know, more virtuous. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how that's working out. Um, but um, but my point is, so I, I, you know, I did about 138 episodes of that series. And then like over the last decade, I've led hundreds of discussions, public discussions here in White Plains in Manhattan about happiness. You know, I had this meetup. I still have it. I mean, it's kind of like we haven't met recently because of the, um, 
the distancing, but I have a feeling I should probably start uh, holding Zoom sessions for it again. And I probably will do that soon, maybe after these holidays, the high holiday, holidays. Um, but but in that in that group that I that I started, I guess I think in 2005 or so, I don't know. Um, it's called the Happiness and Goodness Club, and you know I have to admit, you know that um, we talked almost exclusively about happiness. We didn't talk that much about goodness, and that's my fault. You know, I just um, I just couldn't bring myself to bring up the issue of goodness because I I kind of knew how how lacking goodness we we have been for for so long and i didn't want to deal with it so so you know this is kind of like i'm kind of admitting that i'm you know complicit in this silence and this not facing this this immorality and so that's what this new series is going to try to do it's going to try to and it's not gonna you know this isn't about indicting people you know i did another series from 2010 television series from 2010 2016 216 episodes of a show called exploring the illusion of free will that basically <laughs> explains that you know that we don't have a free will nothing is up to us in other words like yes we are abusing these animals and yes god is punishing us it doesn't seem fair but then again it doesn't seem fair that we get these blessings that we don't earn either but the, the point of understanding that is like when I refer to us as evil, you know, to people who, who, um, who buy into this, you know, factory farmed meat um, industry. It's important to understand that I'm, from my perspective, I'm not blaming anyone for this. You know, for example, like, let's say you walk into a restaurant and somebody um, starts yelling obscenities, you know, and the people you're with, start making comments about the person, you know, you know, this guy's horrible, whatever. And like, you happen to know the person, you happen to know the person has Tourette's syndrome. So basically it's an illness that sometimes makes people, you know, say obscenities. I, I don't understand it, but anyway, but because you understand that you don't blame the person, you, you probably feel bad for the person. That's the perspective I want to bring to this. In other words, I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm not going to blame the politicians or, or the media fundamentally, you know, for this, for any of this, because they don't have a free will. They're just like, and you know, if, if, if you want to get into what, why God does this, I don't know, you know. Um, God is too um, vast for me to, um, to be able to judge. But, um, but that's the world we're in. And, and like, please don't be arrogant. Don't believe that, that, that our top scientific minds um, Isaac Newton, Charles Darwin, Sigmund Freud, and Albert Einstein are, were wrong in refuting free will, and then you understand better than they do. Because you don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, if you're an average person, your, your IQ is about 100, and their average IQ was over 150, I would imagine. And, um, and that's not, it's not, it's just, it's not, you know, just about their authority as great minds. It's like, Think about it. I mean, you know, if you had a free will, then, then why aren't you doing as much good as, as you want to do? Why aren't you as happy as, as you want to be? Um, you know, um, basically, yeah. So all right, my point is that we're going to explore our complicity in this. Again, the media, the politicians, the food industry, we, 
as consumers, but not from a vindictive, um, accusatory, you know, perspective. We're, we're, we're going to like, we have to attribute causality. We have to attribute um, agency in the sense that, yes, we are the beings, the people who are doing this. We have to acknowledge this because like, they, because if we're creating the problem, we have to solve the problem. But, um, but we're not ascribing free agency to anyone. You know, there's a difference between agency and free agency. Yes, we're agents, you know, I mean, theologically, God works through us. Or scientifically, we're manifesting um, the results of a law of cause and effect that governs the entire universe that basically says that like what happens in the past in a cause and effect manner completely determines what happens in the present which completely determines what happens in the future so um so again it's very important to to understand and appreciate that this new series is not going to be about casting blame um and it's important because like you know I've done a lot of research in psychology, and um, there's, a, there's a principle in psychology known as denial, that let's say you are accused of something that, um, that basically it's so, let's bring, you're, you know, you're being accused of, of being so horrible that you're torturing 70 billion animal, you know, animals a year, and that you cause this pandemic, okay? Now, naturally, if you believe in free will, there's a, you're not gonna like that. You know, you, you like to like yourself, you like to like the people around you. Um, Self-identity, self-image. We need, we, we like to have a good impression of who we are and who the people around us are. So when, when we get this information that we're, we're doing this, this horrible wrong, we turn it off. This, this denial thing, um, it's, a, it's a subconscious, unconscious mechanism that basically subverts our reason. We, we, we start rationalizing. We say, oh, no, these animals, you know, they don't feel pain. They're not like, like us. Or, or we just completely turn off. We just like, you know, we refuse to look at it because it, it would hurt too much because of our belief in free will, because we're ascribing this fundamental responsibility to ourselves. Whereas, you know, just like with the example of the Tourette syndrome person in the restaurant, if we're to acknowledge that, yes, we're doing this horrible, these horrible acts, but it's not our fault. It's, you know, you can, I mean, I, I try not to blame God because, again, you've got to be pretty smart and know a lot to be able to like blame the, you know, the universe, the governor and the creator of everything. I'm not that uh, arrogant, but um, but you have to um, you know you have to acknowledge that um, that that we are the causes, you know, and you have to look at that objectively. So, to the extent that we overcome this belief in free will, that we we don't blame ourselves, then yes, we can look at it and say, oh yes, all right, you know, it's not our fault. We were we we were raised, that's, you know, when we were coming up as kids, everybody was like eating meat and fish and dairy and nobody was talking about how the animals were being treated. And so, you know, so, and, and that's a valid, that's a very valid excuse because we've all been conditioned to think it was all right.
and you know and again you don't want to blame our parents and grandparents because they were conditioned by their grandparents and, and parents to uh, to believe that it was all right and you can go back to you know as far as you you, you want to with that so and um and so yeah so hopefully by delving into the morality and again the the, the show's title will be god science and COVID 19 but when i say god it's really about morality and the science again it's for you know it's just for people who don't either necessarily believe in god or morality some people you know um, whatever that you don't have to believe in, in god and morality to get that that the science is telling us that we need to end factory farming to be safe from future pandemics yeah i mean it's open and closed there's there's no question about it it's not like there's a big and if, if you if you google it and you don't find anything about it it's because the industry people and the politicians and the media at least they should know that it's an open and shut case but they don't want to deliver that message you know i mean like um money controls this world in in a way that uh, has been very very useful you know we, we've ended poverty you know this world is so much better than it had been you know in the past in so many ways and capitalism is responsible for a great amount of that good but it's not capitalism that, that's the problem here it's it's unregulated capitalism it's capitalism that allows people who make a lot of money corporations who make a lot of money to then buy political influence and basically buy off our politicians so our, our politicians are doing their bidding instead of our bidding or the bidding of god the bidding of, of, of goodness and, and, and justice and kindness so that's going to be what the show is about and i'm still waiting for the station manager to get back to me to approve it um, I may start the uh, the series tomorrow. You know, I'll have to see. Well, actually, no. I, this is like this is Thursday, so like this is going out tomorrow. So like I may start it on on Monday. Um, but it's going to be a really really hard show for me because it's much more. You know, this cell ag cellular agriculture for pandemic free future. It had a lot more material available to to um, present. This is like, this is like, and, and, and again, like, how do you explain, you know, how we can be so evil to, to so many animals and just like, you know, decade after decade. Um, it's gonna be hard to do, but, but it, it's, that's where the answer lies. And again, you know, to expand it, I could expand it to like so many other problems in the world, but if you think, if you look at the problems of the world, they're really not technological. Um, they're all, fundamentally moral you know if we had the will slay um poverty global extreme po poverty would have been ended like years ago decades ago all right i'm out of time so again i hope you're having a good friday and um hopefully on monday you know i will be uh, you know sunday night i'll record it um we'll have a new series called god science and COVID 19 and we'll delve more deeply into the morality of this, the religion of this, and continue with the science because it's important. You can't ignore the science. That's the science is the means, but the morality is the fundamental challenge that's preventing us from using these means. So it's very important to understand this. All right. Well, um, 
I hope you're having a good Friday and God willing, I will see you on Monday and perhaps in a new series.